This is Serena Catania. I am with Larry O'Connor, the founder and CEO of OWC. It's a company that I've been following for many years now, and I know a lot of you use OWC for your solutions for creativity and tech. Larry, how are you today? Hey, doing great. How about yourself, Serena? <laughs> I am great. I'm really excited about this. We have something to tell people about OWC Radio. Do you want to break the news to them? Yes, we're, we're excited and proud to be bringing it back. Got a lot of great news, great tech tips, just great information in general to share, and we're glad to be you know, back sharing that on the radio. And yes, I'm excited too because <laughs> I get to host it. This is wonderful. We're going to have a really good time. We're going to bring people in to talk about creativity and the marriage of creativity and tech and everything that people like Larry and OWC do in their day-to-day -day lives that support all of us crazy creatives out there in the field and in our offices and in studios all over over the world. I'm really looking forward to it. We will actually be at NAB 2019 podcasting out of a booth in Central Hall. It's number C2952. So we hope people will come by and enjoy what's going on in there and listen in, chime in if you have questions, put your feet up, take a load off for a minute, uh, charge your cell phones, and listen to these great interviews we have with some amazing creative people. So we'll be at NAB in the booth, Central Hall, C2959, on Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. That's April 8th, 9th, and 10th. And then we'll be walking the floor on Thursday doing interviews. Get in touch with us if you're interested in participating, and we look forward to seeing you at NAB. Larry? I have to thank you so much for resurrecting OWC Radio because, you know, for a long time it was very, very popular. And now I get to host it, and I'm really looking forward to it. As are we, and certainly backed by popular demand. People have been actually asking about it, and it's a really good thing that we can bring this back because it's a really good mix of guests and, and our own tech folks that have a, a, just a lot of great stuff to share. There's a lot of great opportunities and and ways to improve workflows, and ways to get more out of your Mac, and ways to work with Macs and PCs. And there's a lot of folks that know about all these great things, but if you don't hear about it, you, know, you don't benefit. And we're glad to be getting the word out there and all this great stuff. Yeah, OWCDigital.com has a lot of these solutions, and there's videos there that are tutorials, and you can find out a lot about anything that you need to help your systems run longer smoother and more efficiently. I'm really excited about this. But Larry, you've been really busy. We haven't actually spoken since you went to NAM. How was that? NAM was a great show. It's always a lot of fun. You know, we get to actually interact with the folks that are using the gear you know, on a, a wide basis, see firsthand you know, what it means to their music and creativity. And now these music folks are getting the, a lot of videography as well. So without saying anything else, it's a fantastic show. We have a lot of fun. You know, we get a lot of good feedback, get to interact with you know, a lot of great customers, a lot of great fans there, and actually uh, you know, get to see a lot of folks that we're fans of. So it's, it was a fun show. So what are some of the solutions that you were showing people at NAM? Sure. We had our uh, Thunderblade V4 Generation 2. You know, a year ago, uh, we started shipping the Thunderblade. You know, it's the fastest, the highest capacity external single force solution available for Thunderbolt that's flash-based. It gives you performance up to you know, close to 2,800 megabytes a second sustained both on the read and the write side. And this year's model runs cooler, runs a little bit faster, and is about 33% less cost. So it's faster, cooler, and, and less expensive. So no complaints there and all good. The other product that really continues to steal the show, actually are two products, the Envoy Pro Mini, which is a little USB. It's a, th it's a thumb drive-sized device, but it's not just a little flash drive. It's actually a full-fledged USB drive. You know, this product uh, sustains data rates of you know, close to 500 megs a second, which is great for a lot of creative needs. 
and now it's up to one terabyte. You know, it starts at under uh, 80 bucks, and the one terabyte version goes for you know, a really affordable 250. But it's fully bootable. It's a real SSD, and it's you know, something that certainly fits in a pocket, fits in a lanyard. You, know, you can hang it around your neck and has been a, a real popular item, especially in the audio space, for a very long time. And doubling that capacity uh, was a big thing for a lot of folks. And then the full-size Envoy Pro EX and Thunderbolt, you know, those products now, they continue to go up to 2 terabytes, but the, the price point for 2 terabytes in a Thunderbolt 3 bus-powered SSD gives you data rates of well over 1,000 megs a second sustained, under 700 for 2 terabytes, you know, under, uh, well under $400 for 1 terabyte. So things are just getting faster and more uh, affordable. So you know, we're seeing a future where you know, hard drives are exceptional for doing the heavy lifting and editing where you have huge files and huge data storage needs. And then for on the road and for transfer and for, uh, how to say, the really high-end editing where you're doing 6K or 8K work, the cost of flash is coming down to where it's it's not a, a deal breaker or a barrier of entry. You know, they have the flash you need to do that high-end work. Just a few of the things. Didn't you also just come out with a protective cover for the Envoy Pro, the EX, a bumper? All our Envoy Pros from day one have been exceptionally rugged. You know, these solutions can literally be you know, run over by a tank and still be just fine. But we you know, added an additional you know, rubber bumper to the Envoy a Pro EX so that in addition to being able to take the shocks and the drops, if you do drop it or subject to some serious unintended abuse, the unit will come out unscathed because it's now got that bumper protecting it. I told you at one point that I had dropped one of mine on the concrete and it was still working just fine. Not that I would recommend doing that, but if you did that with any other drive, I think it wouldn't survive. Those have been amazing for me when I travel all around the world because they're small, they're lightweight, they have great capacity, and they're really, really rugged. This little mini is pretty amazing, though. I mean, for the size, who would have thought that 10 years ago when we were dealing with those big, heavy drives, remember when 250 gigabytes was a huge drive and it weighed about five pounds? We've come a long way. It seems almost like yesterday. <laughs> it does. It's going faster and faster, too. So what else is happening over there at OWC in terms of some new technology that we're going to be seeing at NAB? At NAB, we're going to start to show off. We've got even faster NVMe drives, which you know, are starting to come into the uh, the scene. So that's something that we'll certainly be showing off at NAB. We'll be introducing, uh, on a more formal basis, our new Akedio partnership. A few months ago, we officially acquired Akedio, and we're transitioning various products, bringing new products up, and some of those newer solutions uh, we're really excited to start showing off, which come NAB, we're going to have them on display, and we're going to have them cranking. SoftRaid is a huge, uh, near and dear, important technology for us and our customers, and we're excited to be actually showing SoftRaid for Windows off at NAB in the very near future. In fact, it actually ought to be beta by about the time this, you know, this is heard out there. Really? You know, you'll be able to actually have RAID volumes that are interoperable between a Mac and a PC via soft rate on PC along with soft rate on Mac. So for environments where you're doing the creative work on the Mac, but then you know, somewhere in the chain you need somebody with access to that drive on a PC or, the, or for whatever the reason may be, you know, you're going to be able to connect your soft rate volumes from your Mac onto your PC and have full accessibility. And we're bringing the technology and all the benefits of soft rate to the PC. 
And there's a lot of demand on the PC side for a really good software rate solution. And software aid is the leader on the Macintosh side of the equation. And it, it's something in terms of how it's designed that it offers those same kinds of benefits as we bring it over to the Windows side. So for people who don't know what software aid is, can you explain to them what it actually does? Because I love it. I don't know what I would do without it. Sure. Software aid gives you a effectively an open solution to create your own RAID volumes you know, on a Mac and and again, very soon on a PC. Essentially, you can take multiple drives, combine those drives you know, in an enclosure to have higher performance and redundancy. You know, whereas a single drive, if it fails, without a backup, an immediate backup, or you're offline, and you have potential data loss with a redundant array of independent drives, which is what a RAID, of course, is. You know, for example, RAID 5, you can lose a drive you know, while you're working. You know, the system will tell you you've lost a drive, but you still have full accessibility to the data, you, know, you haven't lost anything, and you can replace that drive, and it will rebuild the redundancy so you can continue working you know, without risk of, of loss. But it's something that gives you more performance. It gives you more combined capacity. The best RAID volumes is you, know, you go if you use RAID 4 or above, so you have redundancy, which allows you to lose a drive without actually suffering a data loss, which is really, really huge. It is. One of the things I love about software is it's very good at predicting when a drive might fail. That's a really good point. I mean, it's still scary to have a drive fail when you're in production. So another big piece of software is making sure that you know about a drive that could be failing before it actually fails. This predictive failure monitoring is way beyond what just smart does alone. And by giving you that warning, number one, you can certainly make an extra backup if that makes you more comfortable, but you have the opportunity to pull a failing drive out before it's even given you any issues and get a new drive in and rebuilt. Now, we found typically if you're just depending on smart, by the time you're actually getting any kinds of smart notifications of a failure, you've already had problems. You may have already had data loss. The smart is, unfortunately, a little overly generous in terms of you know, when it will tell you a drive is failing. You, know, you can have a system that won't even start up half the time that will pass a smart test. Eventually, you'll fail the smart test, but by then, disaster uh, you know, may have already uh, struck. And one other really cool thing about software that you have to really emphasize when you have a fixed hardware rate solution, the drive set you have in that solution is pretty well locked into the the chipset and the firmware of that hardware RAID. If something goes wrong with that box, accessing your drives could be a real challenge. Not as simple as just taking those drives out of one box and putting them into another box. With soft RAID, which is an open solution, you can take the drives that you have in, a, in an array with a soft RAID volume and put them into pretty much any computer, into any enclosure. As long as the system can see the drives, it will bring your RAID up. It's not tied to any specific hardware. And on the Apple side of the equation, uh, the software driver is included with every Mac OS. So as long as you use your software volume or attempt to use the drives from a system on a system that at least has the same OS version or higher than what the drives came out of, you can access it without even having to install software on the system. You install software to get all the great benefits of monitoring and, and higher performance that software brings, but in an emergency situation, you can access those volumes without even having to install anything on the system. The driver's already there right along with macOS. We make it really, really easy. We want you using our hardware because our stuff is the best, not because we've forced you into something. And certainly at any point in time, we make it as easy as possible to have accessibility to your drives and your data, as opposed to being in a situation where if you don't find the exact enclosure with the exact firmware that your RAID was built with, you know, you're out of luck. And that's a situation that no one wants to be in and no one has to experience that with soft RAID. 
And also, if a drive does fail, you have really good customer service. I've experienced that myself. I've called in when I've had a drive predicted to fail and you get a real person on the phone. It's not just a robot that you have to wait 20 minutes. A real person answers the phone and they are sympathetic and they handle your problem. I don't want to sound like a commercial for OWC, but it's really true. It's really true. They're so nice over there, Larry. You should be really proud of that department. You know, because I'm a creative and I'm in the field. And when something goes wrong, I need to be able to call in and, and have somebody say, oh, my goodness, okay, let's take care of this. And that actually happens, which you can't say for a lot of companies these days. Anyway, that's a little kudo to you and the team. No, we appreciate it. I do want to say, you know, drives fail. I mean, that's just a fact of, of life for all practical purposes. Usually not too often, but bottom line is that is something that can happen. And you're already stressed as it is. And the intent is certainly to make recovery and moving forward as painless as possible. And, you know, another thing I always like to talk about, because one of our friends in the industry actually asked us why we would produce software that, that, and ship it with solutions that's going to tell people when their drives are going to fail, even while they're still working. And may last another six months or even a year before they exhibit issues. And it's just a matter of it's like, gosh, by, by the time it may actually you know, start to you know, come up and smart or start to create problems, it might have already gotten past the warranty period. This is people's data. You know, we want people safe, secure, and happy, you know, knowing that you know, we put their data and their well-being you know, first as opposed to trying to see how long we can let a drive that's failing eke it out. So you know, I guess something else I, I put out there, you know, we put our customers first. And our customer support team is absolutely incredible when it, it comes to fulfilling that promise. I appreciate it. I really do. I know a lot of us do. Talk to me about, is there anything new happening with any of the docks or your travel dock? I absolutely love. And the Thunderbolt docks, they're good too. Anything new for NAB with those? Yeah, you know, there's nothing particularly new. You know, we just introduced our new 14-port dock, which brings a USB 3.1 Gen 2, brought the the higher full up, uh, how to say, speed charging for the 15-inch machines. You know, added a couple of newer ports. We've had, in my opinion, in the opinion of many others, the best uh, Thunderbolt 3 dock on the market. And just before Christian introduction of that 14 port, the other dock we have is, and this is through our new uh, Akidio brand, and this will be migrating under the OWC nameplate, but currently the Akidio uh, Thunderbolt 3 Pro dock is another dock that's really aimed at the creatives. It has a SD reader, it has compact flash, it has eSATA, the high-speed USB three ports, and it also has a, a 10 gigabit Ethernet port you know, for folks that want to connect, need to connect hmm. multiple devices and have a 10G Ethernet all in one port. And for, you know, whereas you're going to pay probably, yeah, but right now around 150 or so for just a 10G adapter. This is a full dock with the USB ports, with DSD, with the compact flash, with eSATA, the kinds of things, and video ad as well. The creators are using, and it gives you the 10G port for under 400. So it's a full-fledged dock with the 10G and really aimed at the creative community. We got it all. I know. I can't even believe it. We could talk forever about everything you have over there. But talk to me about Thunderblade. Now, Thunderblade, we're in Gen 2 now. It goes up to 8 terabytes. Last year, 8 terabytes would set you back about just under $5,000. Now you're under $3,500 for the same 8 terabyte. It runs a lot cooler. Yeah, we don't ever recommend stacking, how to say, drives of this nature just because it is designed for heat dissipation, but you can't actually stack it without issues. And, well, as long as the temperatures are under 100 degrees outside, you're pretty well okay. But it's faster, it's cooler, and it's priced even better. Flash, again, has continued to come down, and it, it enables a lot of unique and interesting opportunities. These new systems are you know, pretty expensive. Apple charges a boatload if you want to put four terabytes inside your machine. 
But with the Thunderblade, this one very slim, compact, rugged, sleek, portable device, you can add 8 terabytes for not much more than what Apple's going to charge you to put 4 terabytes inside. And now it goes with you, you know, no matter what system you have, and the performance is, is certainly all there. So, Larry, can you go under the hood for us who don't understand the difference between an 8 terabyte on a normal drive and an 8 terabyte on a Thunderblade? Why the difference in price? What does one do over the other? I know it's faster, it's rugged, but can you go into that, dive a little bit deeper into that for us? Sure. With 8 terabytes of hard drive, you have a spinning device that's maxing it a little bit over, see if it's a single drive. We want to go into RAID, but we're just start with a single 8 terabyte drive. You know, you have a single drive that'll probably do about 200 between 200 and 250 megs a second, if you raid them, if you put like four together, you typically get somewhere in the range of seven or 800 megs a second. You know, there's limits on the I.O. transactions that a hard drive can do compared to a flash drive. But it spins, it's noisy, fans associated with them. You need to cool the, the power supply and the drives. You know, it's a lot bigger. It weighs substantially more. I mean, you're talking, I want to, I think, I want to say if you do a fourth drive array, you're, you're getting close to 15 you know, plus pounds. You move to the Thunderblade, and now you have something that you can literally hold you know, with one hand. It's not much bigger than the palm of, not if they have a big hand, it's not much bigger than the palm of your hand, but very slim, dead silent, no noise whatsoever, no moving parts to break or to be subject to issue if it gets bumped or falls, easy to ship. And with a hard drive, again, 800 megs a second, it can take a long time to transfer data. Plus, again, their I.O. limitations. With the Thunderblade, you're maxing out what the Thunderbolt 3 bus can do. At close to 2,800 megabytes a second, almost four times faster than what's going to happen with even you know, some of the fastest hard drive arrays. And one terabyte of data, you're able to transfer about every 10 minutes versus you know, on a hard drive, you know, in the real world, you're looking at you know, potentially more than an hour to do the same. On top of that, I mean, keep on rolling. With the uh, the Thunderblade, you can go APFS, which is a much more robust file system from Apple compared to HFS Plus. HFS Plus has you know been around for a very very long time and was long overdue for replacement. And while APFS is absolutely fantastic for Flash, the way Apple has it implemented for the copy function and edits, once it starts to meta out files. The same data access on a hard drive could be at 700 megabytes a second. The new APFS file system has fragmented that file on a hard drive, just the way a hard drive works with physical locations versus flash with logical locations, virtual locations for all practical purposes. A hard drive might slow down to 3 megabytes a second, while the flash drive is unaffected and is still running at full speed. I can tell you from a practical point of view, when I left on this trip, normally in order to transfer media to a drive that I can edit with in the field, right? So I want to take all my media with me. I would have to start moving that media during the day and into the night and then half the time worried that I'm going to make my plane or not because has it finished migrating. With the Thunderblade, in a few hours, it's done. And I can't tell you how much more relaxed I am when I travel now because I don't have to worry about blocking off a day and a night to transfer media. I know that I can just do it in a few hours at night after I'm finished with work. So thank you for that too. That's pretty awesome. Now it's big on Sesame. They, a lot of feedback comes from folks that are in the field during production. Because number one, they need to get duplicates made very quickly or as quickly as possible so they can get them out. They need to get a, a set out the door. The faster they can copy, that's less time they have to wait and less time that they're going to be up against a deadline to, to make a shipping cutoff. The other big thing in production 
by being able to offload the data off their media cards from the cameras if they're not dumping straight in off a camera, but being able to get that duplicate done faster once they've offloaded, which they can now offload at full speed, also means they can have a smaller investment in the actual camera cards. Mm -hmm. And most productions use the same, I should say, we'll buy a, a new set of cards for every production. And depending on how long it takes to both offload from the cards they're using and get a backup of the data that they've offloaded, it affects how many cards they have to have. When you have the Thunderblade in that workflow, suddenly you're duplicating that data at speed, honestly, never really seen before. And being able to do so, you know, they can actually say on every production, they're saving money by not having to have as many uh, cars for the cameras. So it's, I mean, it saves time. It saves money on actual physical resource requirements as well. And you can edit on it. It's an amazing product. We built it to be the, the flagship for being able to do 4K, 6K, 8K, you know, AR, VR, editing projects, and in addition to that capability, it's widely used to support the uh, the DIT space for, for getting just getting data moved and, and protected, just like you. <laughs> I love it. I have one right here sitting next to me with the media for the Wounded Marine documentary I'm working on, and it allows me to work in the field. And I don't have to worry when I'm going international because it's not really heavy. That's important. It really is important for those of us who travel a lot. There's another thing you've been involved in that I'm really curious about. Recently, you once again were involved in the Extreme Tech Challenge competition, right? What is that? Yeah, right on. Every year, say they bring in candidates. Literally thousands of candidates apply, and it gets whittled down to a top 10 that compete across multiple categories, sustainability, fintech, covers everything. And at CES, we come down to a top three, and I had the, the privilege to help judge and select those top three this year that then go on to Necker Island, where Richard Branson is one of the final judges to determine who will be the number one you know, recognized for the, the Extreme Tech Challenge. But you know, these are guys that are on the bleeding edge, bringing technology that you know, can make a, a big difference across the masses. And it's really exciting every year to see what comes out of this. So it's primarily for startups? that apply to this? You know, they accept companies in uh, various stages. Typically, you don't see a lot of companies that are shipping a final product, but you have companies that are in an early stage. Technology is typically proven, or it has, I mean, there's been a major patent issued, and they're moving to support for commercialization. You know, they're just starting production, and it's something that's so new that people just don't know about it, and it's something that everybody should know about. Or it's, it can be a, just a straight concept startup, but typically there's something very fundamentally strong behind the company that supports it being this far along. This year, you know, three companies uh, that made it. You know, one has a, a tracking solution that uses extremely low power, high distance, I guess it's technically wireless, but to allow people to link multiple devices to do location, which is really great if you've got a group that's going out on a hike or for schools for any number of different situations where it can be very costly and concerning if you lose somebody and are unable to find them. And whereas a cell phone, you know, battery life just not a good location technology. You know, this is something that uses very low power, it's encrypted, so people can't tap into where you are and it lasts for days at a time, which is you know, really impressive in a very small device that will point you in the right way if you're looking for other members of your party and that's links. And Livin is a company that is determined where there's a particular molecule in our bodies that has a significant impact, not so much on aging. As we age, you know, we lose this molecule, but every disease that we suffer, and they have a, a patent on potentially a synthetic replacement, but ultimately they discover that as you get older, you lose, you produce less of this molecule, 
And as you produce less of this molecule, that's when the majority of there's heart disease, cancer, all the things that start to go wrong in the body uh, start to go wrong faster as this molecule goes down. They're working to commercialize a solution that potentially uh, will substantially reduce a lot of the disease that people suffer as they age. Anything like that is such a resource benefit, in my opinion, than me reducing you know, anything that reduces time in hospitals, medical costs, you know, medical involvement. These are things that are they're not treating the problem. I guess they're treating, but they are treating what leads to uh, you know, the problems that, that we suffer as we age. You may have already been checking them out. I mean, especially after a significant surgery where you know, whether it be knee, hip, you name it, or anything that was debilitating where somebody, you know, is going through uh, physical you know, therapy that they start to walk again. They designed an airbag that basically fits in a belt that an adult can sleep in. We've been working on this for a number of years, but effectively it's reliable in terms of detecting a fall without false positives. And if somebody falls, it, well, the airbag goes off and it prevents, by and large, that individual from having a re-injury. And the other thing that's really, really cool about the product, folks that they're testing, and, that, and this data is still really, really early, so technically it's not statistically relevant. It will be as they have more numbers, but the early numbers show that people that wear this belt, when they're doing that physical therapy, also walk faster, recover mobility faster, because it takes away some of the fear of falling. Knowing that you have something that's going to protect you when you fall gives you more confidence to go through the, the recovery process. So, again, it's something that sustainability isn't always just about green energy and, and reducing direct resource use. It's also impacting things that consume resources to address. All the companies this year, they're definitely in their med tech, you know, different technology spaces, but I see sustainability in all, in all three of them. It sounds awesome. Now, the judging is going to take place fairly soon, right? In April, beginning of April, I think. It comes right before NAB on April 4th. So no wonder you're flying in on Monday. <laughs> you're flying in on Monday because you're going to be, oh, you poor thing, in the British Virgin Islands <laughs> judging this competition. Yeah, you have a tough life, Larry. <laughs> it's rough, but somebody's got to do it. It is a lot of flight and ferry time. It's only a couple of days out there, so it feels like it's as much flight as it is time on the ground, but it is a great event. It's, it's a lot of great companies. It actually is always great companies that you know, come into this. Looking forward to it, to say the least. So why do you think you enjoy this type of thing so much? You know, it's, I guess it's something always been near and dear and just wired for. There are finite resources, and the resources that are less finite and ultimately you know, always looking to find the maximum out of everything, things that make people's lives better. We specialize on the, the Mac side of that equation and the computing side, but in general, anything that could make the world a better place, you know, give people greater opportunity to put time towards creative efforts versus worrying about other things, I'm all for and, and really enjoy. You know, it's fun to see potentials realized and there's great potential out there and it's, it's just a matter of seeing them you know, reach the, the light of day and become well-known and, and well-utilized. The best solutions in the world mean nothing if nobody knows they exist or yeah. you know, they die in the vine because they never get, never get a shot. And you know, Extreme Tech Challenge, I have to say, is over the course has brought up some things and put the spotlight on companies that may otherwise have never been heard of and technologies that may never have moved forward. But you know, these things can make a huge difference. We actually selected a, a company as Aerosif Systems out of Spain for their water turbine system. There's all sorts of great ideas for huge systems and the next generation. I also like companies that deliver things that are practical today. I mean, we got to get that tomorrow. So if it's going to be 30 years before something's viable, it'd be nice to have something today to help us get there. 
And this particular company, we selected for their water systems because they're building them today. It's supported by existing manufacturing and existing parts that are in production. And it's something that isn't just deployable by you know, large countries or, how to say, first world that can be deployed anywhere where power is needed in, in a multitude of sizes, whether it's a community in, it's in Africa or, or how to say, Asia or the U.S. And, you know, that was something we... And we're really excited to see. You know, there's lots of good ideas, lots of good technology, and it's, it's just helping these folks, you know, get the the publicity, get the visibility that, that they need, so that people can benefit. Just like our stuff. If more people know about OWC, the more the more they're going to get from their Macs. And there you go. A lot of folks, you know, they they still don't know about us. When they find out about us, they go, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> I had no idea I could do this. I had no idea that I could get rid of all those dongles. I had no idea that I could upgrade that Mac from five years ago, let alone ten years ago." had no idea how great all these things can be. And so that's pretty widespread, not just with OWC. I mean, there's companies like OWC, I mean, thousands, I would say, that are just waiting to make that difference. I bet when you think about where you were when you were 14 and 15 and you had these dreams about technology and what you wanted to do and you see where you are now, you've got to be really proud. You know, I don't think about it. I guess in, in those terms, there's always so much more I feel that we can do. So I enjoy it. I mean, I... I guess I can't complain, but at the end of the day, I really enjoy what I do every day, you know, what our team does every day, and the difference that we get to make every day. And ultimately, until there's not a difference to be made, I'm not going to stop. That's awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time to do this. I hope you have a wonderful trip to Necker Island. I'm totally jealous. And I guess we will see you next at NAB. I'm going to drag you into the booth, hopefully on Monday afternoon, so you can talk to us about what happened while you were gone and, and anything new that we might have for NAB. Does that sound good to you? Sounds fantastic, and we'll look forward to it. <laughs> All right. Well, this is Serena Catania, and I'm speaking with Larry O'Connor, the founder and CEO of OWC. Thanks again, Larry. You're doing great work out there. It's nice to consider you my friend and I'm very proud of you. Thank you very much, Serena, and likewise across the board. 